0: Previously in July's gone by. It's 2018, and we're talking about the whisky hoax, which is funny if you're both scared of Russians and the Scots. Uh, we also talked about my colleague's latest book uh, and asked why their return to Aotearoa also saw two noted alt writers, Lauren Southern and Stephen Molyneux, come to visit. Coincidence or conspiracy? Whoosh! And now it's 2017. We have a rather rudely titled episode about that American president we're avoiding talking about. Which is about it, really. Yep. Whoop, whoop, it's the Time Lords in the year is 2016. And what a July it was. Brexit, fictional conspiracy theories, the Chilcot Report, Turkish conspiracy theories, and Hillary Clinton and the DNC email hack, the story that launched a thousand conspiracies. Meanwhile, in the relative peace and sanity of 2015, we interviewed Martin Orr, one James F. Tracy. Uh, before that unfortunate incident with him and Lenny Posner became a thing. And we talked with Jack Z. Bratich. There's also a bit of Nazi UFO fun with Operation High Jump. Yep, and we're back to the beginning with the year of our Lord 2014. And who is that Lord? Why, it's David Icke, who got his first mention that July. We also talked about the other seminal conspiracy theory of the show, the downing of flight MH17, uh, and discussed the old coincidence versus conspiracy thing. But now it is 8pm on July the 18th, and this is The Conspira News. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Dentith. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Uh, I am Josh Addison sitting next to me, Dr. M. Dentith. Um It's it's news time again. We, we are again at the end of the four-week cycle that we've decided to go by, so it's time for a news update. Uh, but before we update the news, we should update our, our update, our, our own news. So should update up, news about us Should stuff? we read? There's an update, basically, but it's not part of the news. Which is that we've got a new patron. We do the mysterious yeah. TG. Mm, these 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 initialized individuals. That's our second mysterious. Of well, because of they, they haven't actually paid the money to be formally named. Oh, I see. So, thus, I want to recognize they're contributing, but they become even more mysterious by being initialized and not named. They will not be appearing in any conspiracy. Unless, oh, of course, they actually do turn out to appear in an actual conspiracy. It would be quite mm. interesting mm. if we had a patron who was actually implicated in an actual conspiracy. That would be nice. Well, surely you must have been. Well, of course, I've been implicated yeah. in conspiracies, but not. Pa- I, yep. I patronise the podcast, mm. but I'm not a patron of the podcast. No, that's true. You do have a point. You have a point. Um, so that's our exciting bit of, of, of podcast-related news, meta-news of some kind, I suppose. But it's not news. It's not news. News. news no. Uh, but it's also not Blue's Clues. No. No, not really a conspiracy. Urban legend about the Blue's Clues guys, wasn't it? Dying of a dying of a drug overdose. Not really a conspiracy, though. So Isn't it 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 doesn't Weren't they covering up the fact that he was a cannibal, humanoid, underground dweller? No, they weren't. Um, no. So I think it's well, time. Well, then, then that's ruined my whole life existence. Mm. Uh, so it's time for us to get into the news, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. News. News. Breaking, breaking conspiracy theories in the News. So, one of the most conspiratorial organizations on Earth is the Vatican. Mm. And we have Vatican news. Joshua, tell me about some missing corpses. Missing corpses in the Vatican. One of the better headlines uh, that's come out of the last few weeks. Um... Yes, so this, this story popped up a little while ago. Uh, it relates to a, quite an old case. Um, back in, 19, well actually, or a very old case going back to the 18, 1830s, but we'll get to that. In 1983, um, a teen, an Italian teenager by the name of Emanuela Orlandi went missing. Uh, now she was the daughter of a, a, a clerk at the Vatican, and apparently at the time it, w- it was you know a bit of a scandal. Um, there, there, was, there was all sorts of um, theories about exactly what happened to this uh, this young woman. Um, had she been kidnapped by an organised crime gang, trying to get some sort of leverage over someone in the Vatican? Um, there was the theory that she'd been abducted to try and release uh, Mehmet al-Agka, the Turkish man who tried to kill Pope John Paul II two years previously. Um, so there are lots of ideas, but uh, she was never found. Um, and, and no one exactly knows what happened to her, but there was a potential break in the case a couple of weeks ago when her family received an anonymous tip. An anonymous tip. An anonymous tip saying and, that so this is back. She disappeared in nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. So an yep. anonymous tip. It's quite a long time for a yes. tipster to be quiet. It's almost 40 years. It is. Um, and the fact that it was so long meant it, it was essentially taken to being a tip to where, where to find her remains. Mm. There was no, no real uh, hope, I think, that she'd still be alive at this time. Um, but they were told that she could be found in the Teutonic Cemetery, which is a burial ground just inside the Vatican. Um, it's been used for, for uh, church figures and members of noble families of German or Austrian origin, according to my notes. Um, So, yes, they they, they received this note. They were told to look where the angel is pointing. Which is a very Dan Brown way of Mm. doing things. Are you sure this isn't a plot point from angels and demons? Well, I don't know. I would not be surprised if it turned out to be some sort of weird advanced publicity, but for now... As far as we know, it's genuine. Um, but the thing is, things, things just got even more interesting when uh, they, they found a tomb in the Teutonic Cemetery where there was an angel, uh, pointing, uh, an angel holding a book or something pointing in the direction of this tomb. So they opened it up, and inside they found nothing. Now, all right, so that's kind of interesting for the sheer yes. fact that tombs normally contain something, Even if it isn't someone who disappeared in 1983. Yes, so not only did it not contain the remains of this missing teenager from 1983, it also did not contain the remains of the two princesses who were supposed to have been buried there. One, Princess Sophie von Hohenlohe, who died in 1836, and Princess Carlotta Federica of Mecklenburg, who died in 1840. And now I regret the fact that I had sons and not daughters, because I did not think... To name one of them, Princess Carlotta Federica of Mecklenburg. I mean, I still could. Depold's there, but and your children so could change their names. They they could. I like could change my name so many times. You certainly times. have. But anyway, um, so yes, th- they were expecting to, at the very least, find the bones of these two long dead princesses. But they didn't even find those, and everybody thought, well, this is very weird. Um, how uh, how has the Vatican managed to mislay the remains of a couple of European princesses? Uh, but there have since been further developments. Um, recently, some people sort of, obviously, you know, while it turned out to not be a lead um, for this mystery dating back to the 80s, it, it prompted a mystery of its own. Um, and so then people re- looked, looked looked around and realised, well, actually, um, the Teutonic Cemetery did apparently undergo some fairly major renovation in the 1960s and 70s and so then they thought okay well if that's happened then possibly the remains were moved while renovations were going on and then put back somewhere else and sure enough uh, nearby they found a couple of ossuaries hidden under a, or underneath a compartment in the floor or something of some other place in the cemetery um, and so they're currently DNA testing the bones they found there to see if they are actually the bones of these princesses in which case it will be case closed so, so at the time the story first came out it was particularly mysterious and rife for conspiracy theories, bodies going missing from the Vatican. Uh, but unfortunately, time, the, 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 the story moved a little too quickly for us. And so it looks like it may actually have a more prosaic explanation. Although you do end up having that kind of, so we renovated the cemetery and we could have put the bodies to one side, marked them and then put them back in the tombs. But it was easier to dig a hole and just pour all the bones into one location because who's going to look inside the tomb of someone who died in 1836 Mm. and then someone else who may or may not be connected to the disappearance of someone who died in 1983 points people towards a tomb which has not, well, has been renovated but not reoccupied Mm. and we still don't know what happened to We We do not, unfortunately, know. Um, you you almost wonder was it not actually uh, someone who had anything to do with her case, but simply someone who was a little bit annoyed about the shoddy work they did renovating fifty years ago. And see, I would be looking for the people who hold the ancestral seat for these two particular ah. princesses. I think there's a vendetta against whoever did the renovation. Well, because well, I'm pretty sure they have tracked down relatives of the. I mean, pri- they would pri- have to for the, for the DNA yeah, testing. Yeah, I mean the Ossuaries, as I understand in this case, were sort of wooden boxes So It's not like their bones were all chucked into a pile amongst other bones They were separated out into their own little little containers But um, yeah, Boxed, so, but not in mint condition No So uh, uh, an, an excellent sounding case around an, uh, an organisation who is uh, rife with conspiracies and conspiracy theories But uh, maybe this particular case... Not as conspiratorial as it first seemed. All right, then let's move on to the police. The New Zealand mm, the New police. Ze- yeah. And this actually does seem mm. ever so slightly conspiratorial. Someone who's been pressured by the police force who... Yeah, mm. this all sounds a rather it dubious. Does, have, have you been following this? Because I've only seen the one story, which was on uh, the local uh, news site News Hub. I haven't seen much of it elsewhere. I don't know if that's just because other news organisations don't want to acknowledge another company's scoop, or what. Except, well, except as we've discovered recently. News Hub and the New Zealand Herald seem to like stealing each other's material <laughs> mm. and then representing it. So maybe the revelations about that a few weeks ago have led to people at the Herald going, nope, we won't touch the story at all, or they're working on their own inside mm. scoop. But yes, tell so me the about Victoria Kirchuk. Victoria Kirchuk um is or or rather was a police officer in the New Zealand Police Force. Uh, She moved here with her family from Ukraine in 2002, so she's been living here for a decent chunk of time. Uh, But her claim is that she was um, approached and offered a decent chunk of money uh, in order to give confidential police information to an unnamed third party. Uh, So her her, um, account is that um her father was working um was a was a business partner, an antenna business partner of this fellow called Mikhail Kimmich, um who's been involved in development things, which I think have been a little bit judgy, a little bit shady. Mm. But um so she was she was at a party with her father, this other guy, and other people involved in the venture. She was approached by someone, and the news hub article goes to lengths to not name the someone, and indeed which- when it quotes her Directly, it, it redacts his, this person's name, which presumably means it's been redacted for legal mm. reasons. Yes, yeah, so we'd assume that either there's a case before, in, under investigation, or they don't or want to be th- done for yeah, libel the, or something. Threats yeah. of being yeah. sued while, while nothing has been proven. Um, so basically, she said initially she was approached by someone who, who just sort of casually was like, "So you're a police constable, eh? How, how much do you make doing that?" and uh, and she told told this person, um, and then later was then approached and offered essentially three times her pay as a police constable for occasionally giving access to police databases when asked. Uh, now she said no, she refused this. Um, then apparently um, was was a bunch of threats were made against her and her father. Uh, she said there are a bunch of threatening phone calls and two cases of an intruder entering their property at night. Um, So she raised this with the police, thinking, you know, hey guys, someone has asked me to compromise your systems, we'd better do something about that. Um, But she then reckons her complaints were not taken seriously, so she went to the IPCA. The Independent Independent Police Police Complaints Authority. Authority, right. Um, As opposed to the the Association of Independent Police Complaints. No. Uh, so. So then the EIPCO referred her complaint back to the police um, and then at that point she started getting hassled uh, from within the police force. She said apparently um, officers who she worked with started making complaints about her which she reckoned, you know, is not something that ever happened to her previously. She didn't have a history of that. She said um, the police tried to make her have a psychological assessment which she refused and then eventually she said that the her working conditions became such that she felt she had to resign. Um, so this is all still very much underway. It's, it's, it's a bit hard to tell. I, I assume what they're getting at is that the police didn't like the fact that she sort of went over their heads and went to the IP, IPCA. Sort of yeah, so it sounds as if out. what happened is she went to the police. She didn't feel the police took her allegations seriously. And it does sound like her allegations should have been taken seriously at the time. So then she complained to the IPCA about the police conduct, about not taking her complaint seriously, and then they thought she was a snitch. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so and what do snitches get? Uh, britches. Yes, snitches get britches for stitches. Mm. Stitching their britches, that's important. Gotta mend your britches. But no, I mean, initially, yeah, not, with, not with your snitches. No, obviously not. Uh, initially, it almost sounded like sort of re- reading the first couple of paragraphs. It almost sort of sounded like she tried to bring attention to this this conspiracy to get at the police force. And then, only to be forced out by police officers who were themselves part of the you know, who were already in on it, but then reading down it sort of it didn't more look like okay, no, they were just annoyed at her being a snitch rather than than there being some conspiracy that goes all the way to the top or something like that. But I'm surprised I haven't read more about it, basically, I've read this one well, I mean, article, given and... that the main perpetrator, the unnamed individual, mm. is unnamed. Maybe there is something going on in the background and other news organisations are going, we're not touching this until such time, there's a judgement. But I mean, yes, it certainly certainly, uh, claims, at least, of what definitely appears to be conspiratorial activity to compromise our police force. Well, yes, because you have to ask, why does this unnamed person want operational details about the police, such that the Constable in question was uncomfortable about so I mean if the questions were simply so you know Where do you work? How much do you earn? Do you enjoy your job? Constable would say well, I I work at the station I enjoy my job, you know average salary is but it sounds like the well, questions I mean, it's a were a lot more place, Yeah, so salary yeah. Wouldn't yeah. Be a the government it sounds interest. more like the questions were so uh how many people work in the station, and what time do they go home? Does the evidence locker locked up all the time? Well, I, th- I think it was more um, that they would they were, were wanting her to access police databases and and procure and or acquire information that she would then pass back to these people when they asked for so it. So corrupt That's activities, a, yeah, 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 very definitely. And so, you have to wonder if someone's doing that, they've probably got some. Mm, some greater goal in mind, as opposed to I just want I just want to I want to know more about number plates. I love number yeah. plates, and especially when you're offering someone three times what they're paid to do it. Yeah, they they want that information very badly. It would seem, but yeah. So I mean, it's it's it sounds like it should be a bigger deal than it currently is. But as you say, that could well be just because wheels are in motion and there are investigations underway and so on, and nobody wants to report anything definite until the results are known. But. Um, that certainly seems to be the uh, the biggest story in conspiracy wise this month. But we we have a bunch of smaller, but but probably more fun stories. I think. Now. Wait, let's talk about Area Fifty One. Area Fifty Eight. Are you planning on going to mm. Area Fifty One with your friends? The question is, why? Mm. And also, who's organising it? And also. Why? Yes. So, I mean, you've probably heard of this one. It has been in the news a bit because it's one of those stories that people like to talk around because it seems a bit silly, but it's, it's something the kids are up to. Um, it's all about the them, them Facebooks. Yep. So there is a Facebook event uh, scheduled for September the 20th called Storm Area 51. They, they can't, can't stop all, all of, of us. Um, so it plan, th- there's this plan that we will all meet up at Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. Um, so the, uh, it's this idea that if we just just rush Area 51 en masse, then we'll be able to break in. You know, at least some of us will get past the guards and we'll be able to break in and um, find out what's in there. So uh, at the time, last time I checked, 1.4 million people had had uh, marked themselves yeah, as attending the event. We know with Facebook, when, the event. when someone 1. says 1.1 million are interested. Go- mm. Going, that means absolutely nothing. It certainly does. And it probably means less than nothing when you consider the fact that this is quite obviously a joke, and the people who've organized it have said, no, this is quite obviously a joke. I'm yeah, a little bit surprised it's got the, the impress it has. Just because the organizers say it's a joke well, doesn't yes. mean that it's not going to be taken seriously by some. Because Oh, Let's say 1.4 million people have indicated they're going. 1.1 million have said they're interested. Even if only a small proportion of both those numbers end up deciding, yeah, let's meet en masse outside the suspected entrance to Area 51, you're still looking at a fairly sizable crowd. Well, potentially, Whether or not you think it's serious. And, I mean, you'll also get... Onlookers who will go on the off chance well, for maybe just in people case I see some, something kick yeah. off, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that, that's sort of the the um, the danger, I guess. Some people have said, you know, oh, okay, yes, you, you you and I can see this is obviously a joke, but the the potentially more unhinged members of the alien conspiracy theory community might actually take it seriously. And the um, the military has said, you know, look, it's. There may not be aliens there, but it's still a classified military base guarded by soldiers with guns. Uh, anyone trying to rush into it is going to get themselves shot pretty quick. Yeah, so, Josh, we know the real that. reason they're making that claim. The underground caverns where they keep the flying saucers from the aborted invasion of Earth in 1953, as chronicled by the film War of the World, and then subsequently chronicled by the excellent TV series. War of the Worlds in 1989, means that the giant underground caverns they keep the Martian warships in will be in danger of collapse by large numbers of people standing on top of them. This is not a drill. Yeah, this is not be. a drill. So yes, I mean, various news organisations have had lots of fun pointing out how silly this is. Um, there was—I can't remember which which one it was. One of the bigger ones mentioned that um, the the uh, the Facebook event also includes the line: "If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets." Uh, Naruto being the the anime series about ninjas, where the main character runs in some silly fashion with both his arms out behind him, and it's sort of there's you know the Naruto run is a reference to this anime cartoon, when people believe that running in this fashion allows them to move faster. It does not. But yeah, so I mean. What is that? Hopefully, September twentieth comes along and absolutely nothing happens. Hopefully, no no silly people go along and get themselves shot. But, I mean, are, are we actually hopeful that's the result, or are we hopeful that people will turn up and something will happen? I I, I would rather nothing happen because I imagine it would end in gunfire if if people really did show up there. We I, I can't say. imagine. While while it's the the whole thing is a very comedic. I cannot imagine comedy would result from a whole bunch of people showing up at an American military base. not oh, um, even a Benny Hill style Buddhism. chase sequence. Only if the guards were all um, sexy women in their underwear, which I'm pretty sure is not standard operating procedure for American military Maybe bases. Maybe it will be on September 20th. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Now, do you watch The Walking Dead? No, because I got halfway through season two, they killed off Dale, the only character I actually liked. And then it went, I hate every single person on the show. I hope they die. And in my mind, my mind canon, that's what happened next. No, probably, you know, I didn't make it past season two either. I know some people did. But the, sh- the show the show, is still going. But the uh, comic that it's originally based on finished this month. And there's a conspiracy. Mm. One of those nice benign conspiracies that you like to talk about. like um... Yeah. Yeah, mm. this is actually, well, I mean, it's so this is a case of, the creator of the Walking Dead comic books and the creator of the TV shows, which is Robert Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, yep, decided that he wanted to end the comic when he wanted to, but he also wanted to end the comic in a surprising fashion. So the comic ended with issue 193 at the start of this month, but to ensure that people were going to be caught unaware they solicited pre-orders for issues beyond 193 to the point where they even created fake covers and plot synopses of issues going forward so that when issue 192 came out and Kirkman went oh by the way next issue is the last one People were caught completely fact, I, I don't think he even did that. I think it was issue 193 came out and he said, by the way, this issue was the last one. No, uh, well, no, because there, there, there was talk weeks before beforehand next, uh, the issue coming out next week is the end. So it, oh, it, it yes, was, okay. was signalled just before the it final. It was, yes, but in the yeah. comics themselves, like the latest oh, page, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. 193 was where he said, yep, this is the last one. Yeah, so I mean, this is a definite conspiracy. Yeah. Several rec- people yeah. were in on yeah, it. Requires, it requires covering up the fact the comic's coming to an end by secretly... Ensuring that people think that it's not coming to an end—it's a classic case of, of mm. a well, benign conspiracy. If you aren't a really big fan of the Walking Dead comic book, and now hate Robert Kirkman for ending it the way that he did. Well, yes, yes, but yeah, I mean, just so so now, as well as talking about surprise birthday parties, you can talk about the end of the Walking Dead comic I if can. you want. Yeah, mm. uh, but perhaps a more weighty issue now. Juggalizer. Yes. Well, no, ju- well, I mean, juggalos, juggalos are, are a way to issue yeah, themselves. Yes. This is actually, this is the point in time. Only we'd actually put on um. juggalo makeup for this episode, suddenly, for the visual vodcast. Mm. It would be like, oh, although it makes sense. although we we possibly didn't need to put on Juggalo makeup because now the Juggalizer exists. It's true. The Juggalizer being, of course, a Facebook filter uh, that you apply to your photos to make it look like you. Do people know what Juggalos are? Is that a widely enough used term that we can assume that our audience knows what they're on about? See, we know what ju- we, d- we know juggalos what Juggalos are. are. So Juggalos are an interesting section of the population mostly found in the U.S. I don't know that jugglers J- are particularly big outside well, they of do the continent Because the, the point is they're fans of the band uh, Insane Clown Posse and they do follow who them around on tour. are very doubtful about, about the science of magnets. Mm, yeah, they're, they're those ones. They're the ones yeah. who said magnets. How do they work? Yeah. Um, and and as as you'd suggest from a, a band with the name Insane Clown Posse, they do wear very distinctive clownish black and white clown makeup. And so, a juggalo culture—people who dress like the Insane Clown po- Posse and adhere to the same kind of beliefs—it's a little bit hard to. There's a lot it's, of getting stoned. Yeah, and but it is a whole being, sort of culture, yeah. and is a being close thing? to yeah. family and trusting one another? And there are juggalo meetups, and there are questions What's as to it whether called? the What's juggalos... The Dark Carnival of Pain or Fear or something, something I can't like something that? Something like that, yeah. And jug- <laughs> juggalos conser- are concerned about being discriminated at work because they want to wear their face makeup all the time. Mm. And now it turns out that certain facial recognition apps can't recognize you if you dress like an insane clown from the insane clown mm. posse. Yeah, so supposedly there was news recently that um, Juggalo, the, the, the clown makeup, will defeat facial recognition software, or some at least. I mean, I thought... I Because thought, I've, I've seen things before of like um, hairstyles and stuff designed to defeat facial recognition software which sort of had splashes of colour around. I thought the whole point was being asymmetrical and stuff, whereas the clown makeup generally isn't. But who yeah. knows? Yeah. That, that, this was the claim anyway, which has then led people to... Uh, come up with an actual conspiracy theory, which is that the point of the Juggalizer uh, filter is to amass a database of photos of people with and without Juggalo makeup on, which could then be used to train facial recognition algorithms to account for Juggalo uh makeup and therefore remove the the way of defeating festering so you keep software. saying juggler I'm just a just juggler everywhere everywhere I go, I go. Yeah. insane clowns come to meet me So you might recall I can't remember if we talked about it in the episode I think it was in one of the bonus episodes I can't remember we did mention that back when a, f- a little while ago there was the the, the meme of posting a photo of yourself and, and then one, yourself uh, 10, years, ten younger. years younger or five years or whatever it was. Uh, and at the time we sort of said there, there was a bit of a theory there that people like, well, if you wanted to train facial recognition software to take uh, aging into account, then being able to look up a ton of photos of side-by-side comparisons of faces 10 years apart would be very useful for that. Well, in it's, the same you know, respect, whenever you do a capture... To log mm. on to a website, you are helping train an AI. Mm. to All recognize those ones that features. say, "Click on all the uh, all yeah. the pictures that have a yeah. car." Yeah. That's in them not to test whether. Well, it is to test whether you're human, but it's also to teach the machine to be able to look out for things that allow them to answer the same questions. Mm. And then, even more recently, there's the the, the latest one has been that face app thing with the filter that makes you look old. Um, Which, Which, as I said on Twitter, I tried it out and the portrait in my attic almost exploded. Mm. Um, and again, I've I've heard people saying that's a, a way of training algorithms for making deep fakes. Those deep fakes that they talk about, this is the one <laughs> where you. I like the way, your eyes go deep fake. Oh, you have to. You can't. You can't not say deep, deep fakes. fakes without waggling your eyebrows, uh, which, if you don't know, is the idea uh, technology which which has been shown to be relatively successful. Being able to, I think, they can even. Do they require video footage or could they just do it off a photo? I can't remember. Basically being able to manipulate video footage so that you can take a person's face and then make a video where you animate their face realistically. Basically so you can make it look like a person is saying things that they don't actually. So that was the one they did it of Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, and also Arnold Schwarzenegger. mm. Uh, sort of to test whether how um, committed Facebook was to freedom of speech by posting this deep fake of, of where they make Mark Zuckerberg look like he's, I uh, can't remember what he was saying, talking about how he wants to harvest all their data and how he... Yeah, basically gets. admitting he's a, mem- mm. a member of some new world order. Yeah. Um, and I mean, how seriously can we take these things? I mean, you, It's sort of here's the stuff which does result in a whole bunch of data being on the internet. One use you could think of for that data is training facial recognition and so on. But, but can you really leap from there to say that's what these things were put in place for initially? Well, The worry is, even if they're not put in place for doing it initially, the data can be yes, used It is there. after the fact. Yeah. So suddenly you have a whole bunch of images on Facebook, a social media platform which is quite happy to take your data for all kinds of rationales Mm -hmm. and you've got differences in age between five to ten years between one photo and another which will then make it easier if facebook decided to harvest that data to then look at photos of you in 10 years time and go oh we think this is you let's Mm. add it to your story stream or photo stream or ar experience whatever Facebook is doing yeah. in 10 years' time, if indeed Facebook is still around, yeah. if we're still around. Well, quite. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you don't have to think that the origins of these things are part of some uh, nasty conspiracy, but nevertheless, you could... Plausibly come up with a theory that the data generated by yeah. them. Because it's out there, mm. someone could use it. And it's interesting to see people saying, oh, well, that the, the new Face app, the one that, that does the AG filter, people saying, oh, well, look at its terms and conditions. It says that any image you take is sort of owned by them and they can share it around and do that and it's all evil. And people saying, well, yes, that is true. It's actually every other social media app has the same. You do, you understand that, right? I, I remember when Gmail. First... Oh, but, but Face app is Russian, mm. so it's a Big issue. I remember when Gmail first came out and there uh, there was a lot of scaremongering around. Well, Gmail, look, they they keep your your emails stay on their servers forever and even if you tell them to delete it, they might still actually be on some of their servers because they're mirrored around all over the place. And at the time, we're like, well, yes, that is true, but it's also true of every other uh, internet email service which you haven't had a problem with. So, yes, I I mean, it's true. You probably shouldn't be sharing anything on Facebook or anything on social media, rather, ever. uh, Unless, of course, you want to put it into the commons. Yes, but speaking of social media, Trump. So the White House Mm. had a social media summit earlier this week where they invited a whole bunch of right-wing commentators to talk about how Facebook and Twitter are being really, really mean to conservative voices. Mm. And this led to a barrage of complaints Five people from the alt-right. From the alt-right? The alt-right. Hmm. Because they invited people from the right to discuss a conservative bias in social media, but they didn't actually invite anyone who had been deplatformed by Facebook or Twitter. So there was no Laura Loomer, there was no Alex Jones, and there was no Gavin McInnes. Founder of The Proud Boys. Yeah. They did invite a cartoonist by the name of Ben Garrison, who they then had to disinvite, because it turned out he had an anti-Semitic cartoon published rather recently, and that turned out to be a little bit embarrassing. A uh, QAnon promoter Bill Mitchell did turn up, but curiously didn't actually mention Q or QAnon mm. because it wasn't the right circumstance to talk to the president that QAnon is convinced is actually going to reveal the deep state and destroy it. Mm. So you had a chance to actually talk to Trump about Q and went, no, this is not the right time. This is not the right time to destroy the elite pedophile network that exists in American society. So I I, I assume the implication is that the people who have actually been booted off Twitter and Facebook were done so for having fairly... um, unsavory, I suppose, it views and opinions. It would seem that, yes. And so despite the fact that they're wanting to complain about uh, people being, being or right-wing people being censored on social media, uh, they are tacitly acknowledging that th- there kind of is good reason to because these views are, pa- are unpalatable enough that they don't actually want to be associated with them. But more curious, Trump's biggest contribution to the debate was to lament the fact he doesn't have enough followers on Twitter. Well, that's always been his, his thing, isn't it? Complaining so it seems to basically press. be an excuse for Trump to go, more people should follow me online, someone stopping the people from following the best president the United States has never had. Do we know who exactly organized this? Like, was it Trump's idea or was it just his his people and he got that dragged I don't into know, it. actually trump seemed rather keen mm. on the idea because he's had a big thing about social media yep. and concerns like his twitter anti-bias on social media platforms but no i'm actually not quite sure whether it was his idea or whether it was an idea that was designed to please the president mm. but it, it happened and most of the complaints have been by people on the alt-right about not being invited yeah, well, there you go. And so we ended up talking about Trump after all, but it's just a just just a news episode, I think. Uh, e- even if we do end up talking about Trump every news episode, that at least is only going to be once a month, and we'll, we'll try precisely. to avoid it anyway because we're we're frankly sick of talking about the guy. Well, um, we haven't actually really talked well, no, about him for quite No, we some haven't. Time. We've been we've and been yet, quite we good. Still at are it. Sick well, yeah, by to- talking about him. Mm. Um, and that's all the news we had. All the conspira news. But for patrons, mm. they get content, and we've got two juicy bits of content. We've got a rather interesting article from Vice.com about how QAnon is destroying relationships we want to talk about, and then kind of an update on a potential deciphering of the old Voynich, the ma- Voynich. manuscript. Have we talked about the Voynich manuscript? We've I talked feel we about it have. in passing, yeah. yes. This is the, how old is it? 17th yeah, century. Yeah. something. Of a moment. manuscript which is written in a language no one understands with what appear to be Botanical drawings of entities that couldn't possibly exist upon this earth. Mm, yes, which people have been Puzzling over for centuries and every now and then someone will pop up and say "Ah, I finally managed to translate it And someone from Bristol claims that mm. he has. But if you want to know more You'll have to stick around for the bonus episode. And if you want to stick around for the bonus episode You have to give us some money mm. It's just the way, just the way, way the world works. Yep, sounds I mean, we're extortionate. Both but communists, but yep. unfortunately, communists well. have to make a living wage. And mm. Josh, you're a communist. I now. would have said democratic socialist, but or socialist democrat. I never know the difference between those two, and I don't think anyone else actually does either. That's why he's a communist. Mm. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so if you if you feel like giving us money, uh, feel free to And If you already give us money, thank you very much. And you'll get to listen. To the bonus eight episode, whenever you please. Uh, but, uh, whether or not you're sticking around, uh, this is very definitely the end of this episode. So until next, news free, we're back to the, we're back, is it Nazi science next week? Do we get to do Nazi science next week? Josh, if you want to do Nazi science next week, we will do Nazi science next week. Super. So until then, auf Wiedersehen. La You've been listening to The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. M.R. Extended, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Mikey Fluids and Conspiracism. Remember soilant green is meeples.